This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And Chris, I know we talk about the news feed all the time. Let's talk about it again. Right now, if you sign up for the news feed at Zupans.com, you're going to get those exclusive offers and deals and a sneak peek for coming up uh, December 27th through the 29th. Perfect. Uh, just ahead of the New Year's Eve celebration. Uh, 25% off caviar. So that's going to be happening December 27th through the 29th. Uh, get signed up for the news feed if you haven't already at Zupans.com. And speaking of New Year's Eve, why not go to Zupans and let them do all the hard lifting when it comes to uh, creating a spread for your uh, guests at your house. Whether it comes to the wine and the champagne, they've definitely got all of that. But uh, we love to do charcuterie boards. You can go into the Zupans and they can, uh, they'll can they either have one ready to go, which is great, or you can piece it together. And there's always somebody there to help you do it. Uh, select the seasonal cheeses that are great. The hams, the salamis, the the meats that go that go well with a, a celebration, and of course, you've always got the uh, deli area there, uh, pre-made stuff. A lot of times, you just have to heat it up, and you're good to go. But there's never a loss for ideas when you stop by your local Zupans. Three locations: West Burnside, McAdam, Lake Oswego, and Weircourt. Zupans.com. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupans Markets. Inspiring you with the best in food and wine. Local and family-owned Zupan's Markets provides one of the most unique grocery shopping experiences in the city. With three locations to serve you, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Visit Zupan's.com and sign up for the email list to receive exclusive deals and promotions. By Ringside Hospitality Group. Owned by the Peterson family for nearly 75 years. Ringside Steakhouse has long been a Portland landmark. Famous for its steaks, world-renowned onion rings, and unsurpassed service. And now with extended happy hours, where you can enjoy a wide array of dishes on the bar menu for half off. Visit ringsidesteakhouse.com and make a reservation today. And by Portland Food Adventures. Join Right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for once-in-a-lifetime luxury food and wine vacations with his Portland chef and artisan friends in 2020. Lauded Spanish restaurant Urdaneta's Javier Quinteras takes you to a magical Spanish Basque country for 10 days in April. Or explore beautiful and rustic Western Sicily with Taste of Italy's Astri Enzyme in October. Contact Chris Angeles through PortlandFoodAdventures.com. Now, we are ready. You ready? Ready. Ready. Are you ready? I am, in fact, I just want to do the old Larry Sanders intro. Okay. Where... um, Hank Kingsley does the. Uh, you see that song? Sign. I think we did this before. Once. Sure, you've met. You mentioned it. <laughs> it you, says applesauce. I, I've. You have a bigger passion for it than I do. Yeah, you don't like that. Show? No, I like it. I just. I don't. I. I watched it years and years ago when I was younger, and I don't. I don't remember. Oh, it's one of it. my favorite TV shows ever. Larry yeah. Sanders. Show. Larry Sanders just uh, actually started it with my boyfriend like did, two weeks ago. Oh wow! Yeah. What do you think? I like it. It. You know, it just has that quality of. It still feels a little sitcom for me, and I'm like somebody who doesn't like Seinfeld, which I've just burned like half my like audience is gone. <laughs> no, but you know, since uh, since watching Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. all these years, going back to watch Seinfeld with the laugh track or right. with the audience there with with laughs, I right. can't stand it anymore. Yeah. So we don't have that anymore. They didn't. They don't do that anymore. You know, not l- in the same long- way. Like there are shows like Big Bang Theory. I think. You know, I said that with so much confidence. Is that show still on? It just uh, I, they just wrapped up their final season. Uh, did that have does that have yeah, a studio had, audience? Yeah, I had a studio. I can't deal with studio audiences yeah. anymore. 
Yeah. So get them out of there. It, it automatically <laughs> it feels less smart. When, yeah. When there's somebody, I don't need somebody you, oh, to tell me funny. when to laugh. Yeah. Right. I just don't yeah. need it. Yeah. So, but anyway, Larry Sanders classic. There's some great jokes what, in there. It feels it feels really contemporary still. I think. Yeah. yeah. And considering that was 1990, so right. that was now 20. Oh, oh wait a second. 30 maybe. 30 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember when I first watched that. Anyway, one of my favorite shows. So in that show, you know that Hank Kingsley does the, you see that sign, it says applesauce, and everybody laughs, and right. then, no, it means, uh, it says applause, Yeah. and then he counts it down. So we could do... Uh, <laughs> we, we could do that. We're ready in five, four, three, two... Dun, 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 dun. There you go. Yeah, I, I think we should just use all of this as the intro to this uh, very <laughs> special end of year episode. Uh, I think so. Why yeah. not? Yeah. So, so, uh, so it is. Yeah, it is the end of year special episode right at the Fork Portland's Food Scene Podcast. Chris Angeles, Portland Food Adventures. And two people I'm going to introduce. Yes. Court Johnson of Kink.fm hey. and lots of other wonderful things. Sure. Dance, dance. Father. Yeah, I just got done with a uh, marathon weekend of Nutcracker action. Yeah, I'm I'm going to Nutcracker on Saturday oh, night hey. with my girlfriend's family. Oh, but wow, that is that's uh, a big boy. to do. Yeah, no, I'm in. So all right, we're doing a little MEC. Yeah, Mediterranean Ex- Exploration Company, yeah. and sure. then over to Nutcracker, which Very I nice. haven't seen since I was a kid yeah, in New York. So. I'm doing it. And so I mentioned we have another special guest, and you just heard her voice. Hi. <laughs> Brooke Jackson Glidden from Eater is here to talk about 2019, 2020. We just referenced to, uh, 1990. Yeah, you know, let's jump back a few decades. Yeah, well, let's go back in, in the food scene. You weren't even around in 1990. No, I wasn't. So, I, everyone, yeah, no. I I think I was really born in 19, like, I want to say, I feel like not quite a Gen Xer. Um, I have to always refer to yeah. Google to decide, to know who's who. <laughs> right. I think, uh, yeah, old old millennial. I think that's, I identify more as an old millennial. And I think it's because my parents, my parents had me, they were geriatric parents. So they had me mm. um, older. So, like, I was hanging out with kids who were born like 10 years before I was born. So. Right, but calling your parents geriatric parents, <laughs> they self-identify. I'm going to guess <laughs> so that they're younger than I am. Oh, well, no, I, I don't think so. Maybe not. I don't know. They're in their very late 60s. They're almost oh, 70. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. No, I'm younger. <laughs> yeah, I go. hope I'm slightly cooler, but I want you to have really cool parents. But if My parents are very if cool. If they're referring to themselves as geriatric, that's you, you, you don't want to do that because... You know, 70 is the new 50. Right, et cetera. 50. I mean, my parents are fitter than I am, which is infuriating. They, I, I just went, got back well, from Peru, and they went and, like, did all the big hikes and stuff. And, like, you know, Ben and I are getting winded after, like, one flight of stairs. Well, but they're not <laughs> they're not riding for eater, right. and you have, you're eating a lot. I am eating a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you look great. Well, thank you. You got it all going in black and gray. There I go. You so, know, I just, yeah, it's I have, I have such a New Yorker sense of style where it's, like, vi- a thousand shades of gray. As many shades of gray as physically possible. Black, maybe I mix it up and throw a white in there. I'm kind of there, too. I've got yeah. all black on except some sneakers I got in yeah. Italy, which I love. Ooh. And then this shirt was from uh, Germany. So oh, I'm, okay. I'm like international Yeah, Chris look at today. you. Very, very high fashion, I gotta say. I wasn't, don't uh, this is not high fashion. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't uh, aware that Germany was big in, into flannel. Yeah, this is actually, this is like came from one of those real German stores. Wow. But it's really comfortable. Yeah. So, 
Anyway, I don't know if it looks great, but it it I is comfortable. Good. So yeah. I enjoyed that, and we're going back. But yes, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> we I don't think it should be a fashion podcast. <laughs> no, that would be interesting though, because Court always I think Court looks pretty good yeah. all the time. Get that street. We mention his thing. hats all the time. Oh, always oh. got a hat. Yeah. It's cardigan weather. He's got gray. This is everybody's oh, yeah, gray. No, I'm, I'm with you, Brooke. It's all about blacks and grays. And I screwed yeah. up. Yeah. I, I wore this colorful yeah, you're close. thing. Yeah. Sometimes a little pop of color, which is the brim of my hat. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, and, and some gray. I got lots of gray in my hair, there so you, you, you don't have Perfect. that. But the the brim of your hat goes with your beard. It's right. really working. Sure. Th- thank you. I appreciate that. Anything else you want to comment on with no. the fashion? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've, we've hit the, the wall there. I don't have much left. We've talked well, to... you know, it's interesting because it's kind of a segue. But, mm-hmm. you know, people always say... And my girlfriend does. Mm-hmm. Wherever we go, what should I wear? And it's like Portland. I always say it's Portland. You can't. You, you don't can't have to. But we're going to departure dress. for Peking Duck tonight with with a special friend. Yeah. And so, um, uh, yeah, I think she mentioned that she got a dress that's got glitter in it. And I was Ooh. like, really? Maybe you want to save that for Saturday mm-hmm. for the Nutcracker. But go ahead and wear it tonight. Yeah. You, uh, I'm not going to tell her what to do. But, but so Portland... You know, we don't we don't dress up a lot to go out. No. It's kind of this attitude. And then I wanted to ask you as where did you say you fell on the spectrum uh, in terms of age? No, oh, ter- age. Oh, uh, I'm 25, so I'm 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 technically like right in the middle millennial. But I I think I identify more as like an older millennial that's like borderline Gen X. I mean, my boyfriend's right there and uh you know, just cultural references and stuff like that. I kind of feel like I fall there more. So I just want to touch on it a little. Yeah. How important is service? To me? To you at a <laughs> so, restaurant. <laughs> I I pay attention to it now more because people have complained about it. Um, but I grew up in Oregon, so I've never had, I really do think, I've never really had a culture of like really exceptional, fancy service. Um, it wasn't actually until... I was in Boston. Boston doesn't have amazing service, but they have a little bit oh, more no, of that. They, it's yeah, old school. It's like, old school. Yeah. They got a lot old money there. If there's old money, you have, you have to service right. that. Right, exactly. So um, a little bit of that there, and then traveling, um, I encountered it a little bit more. Um, but in general, I have. <laughs> it's almost as if my empathy for my time as a server. Uh, <laughs> it makes me a little bit more empathetic to the point where it is a little bit of a blind spot. So I've been working on paying attention to it more because people really care about it. You know, people want to feel taken care I, of when they go out to eat. Yeah. We, we, I think we had the discussion here, I think maybe with Micah Camden. Oh, yeah. Who's here, who obviously is running some fast casual, right. some pretty awesome fast casual places. But, you know, he mentioned, <clears throat> and I'm going to mention it to you too, um, he, his favorite spot is Ringside. Because he loves being served there. He loves the way it's served, but he goes yeah. to the bar. It's not the bar. The service in the bar is great too. Yeah. But um, anyway, I was just curious about that because you know we're in we're in an interesting time where a lot of things are going fast casual because they have to. Right. And there goes the service. Mm-hmm. Um, there is none, yeah. or there's very little. Right. Uh, the service that you get is waiting online. <laughs> for to watch the person at the cash register move as slowly as humanly possible. That's my take on yeah. it. As a as yeah. an East Coaster. So I you know, I always wonder what how how much service goes into your Eater thirty eight mm-hmm. and some of the other things that you do because you got a lot of lists now. And right. so um 
Well, I, I try to incorporate like diversity is such a big player in how we build maps. Um, diversity of price point, diversity of chefs and owners, diversity of neighborhood, diversity of styles of cuisine. Um, so service comes into there, too. We have fast, casual places, but we want to have full service, too, because, you know, there are moments where you want to feel taken care of. And personally, I'm somebody food. Food is paramount for me. I, I want to know that I'm eating something good. And if I have to get it in a, you know, convenience store or a food cart or whatever, I'll do it um, if the food's good enough. Um, but I do think that it would be a disservice to our readers to not include places with good service. And I, I think it does factor into it. We've talked about doing a service specific map because again, like because it can be so hard to find just those career servers. I think, you know, I think we've talked about it before on this podcast. Uh, Ringside is one of those places where you get exceptional service because you have career servers. You have people who've been servers for like decades and that is not as common. And I think part of that is that people aren't paid in a way that allows them to be servers forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just cost of living in Portland is so much higher. Um, and because people want a really high caliber of food, the market is so saturated, um, restaurateurs have to think, OK, well, if I have a high price point restaurant, Portland only sustains a few of those. So I have to be the best right off the bat if I'm going to have a restaurant like that. Mm -hmm. So it's it's and with the labor shortage, it makes more sense for people to go fast casual, knowing that the price point will can be low enough that, you know, they don't have to find as many servers. They don't have to, you know. It's it's a safer bet, even though people complain about it. The truth of the matter is the the great, you know, seated table service restaurants it's harder for them to survive now. So yeah, no, we've yeah. seen we've seen it, and you're probably more top of mind. Mm-hmm. It, it's the places that have closed, right? Probably trifecta more top of mind for yeah. you. Trifecta, great service at Trifecta. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's it's really sad mm-hmm. that those places don't make it. Some of them are you know lease problems. Right. That, that, you know, it's part I've of the economy. I've been hearing that more than anything else this year right. for closings. You know, I cover closings every week. And the number one thing I've heard is we hit a standstill with negotiations for our lease or our landlord is selling the building. Um, I've been hearing it quite a bit. Sometimes people say, oh, landlords are gentrification. They, you know, they they jump to that when it's not actually the case, like someone's moving home or, you know, whatever it is. But really, I've I've seen it more this year than I did last year. Um, I don't have as much of a, a breadth there, but the research I've done, it does seem like a lot of landlords and and just renters can't afford to stay there or they're being told that they should leave. Yeah. Was that the case with Country Cat? Country Cat, Sappingtons were totally radio silence. Didn't really really explain That's why I'm asking you. I just just had to assume it was a lease thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think... um, I, I reached out to them right when that news broke and they basically sort of said, we're not going to say anything, um, you know, and I kind of expected them to say, we're going to do something else in the space, right. you know, um, but I know that someone else was eyeing that space. I can't share it. It's off the record, but someone was looking at that space and lost it. So I think it, it's on the market. It's not like they're going to reveal surprise. We're doing something else in that space. It might be. You know, I might be wrong. But. And that, that space was key because they, in their day, which I believe was 2007. 
Yeah, I think we're the first ones to take a leap in that kind of neighborhood. You know, there was Mm -hmm. Toro Bravo that took a leap in their neighborhood, and then Country Cat, not too long thereafter, that went into Montevilla. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of sad to see that go. And, you know, while the airport location for me is. It's always on my mind. I go when, if I'm in the airport and I have a layover. It's where I go. Right. Like it's really so, rare. It's not. But it's it's not the same as no. the old country cat. So no. and for me, it's always breakfast. So I yep. don't I don't get to have a dinner. I think, I'm sure they have it, but I'm never there. Who's there at six <laughs> o'clock? Right. Seven o'clock. Yeah. At PDX. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that's uh, another thing. A lot of airport action going on because mm-hmm. of the expansion but let's not talk about that let's right. just go over your 2019 i want to talk about big your big story yeah um and some of the closings the mm-hmm. sad closings and some of the things that made you happiest or would make anyone happiest in portland in the food world yeah absolutely um i think big news stories you know we had a little bit of hard news impact the restaurant industry this year um i think one of the biggest stories that sort of came across our radar just because of his relationship to Portland is uh, Gordon Sondland. When Gordon Sondland became a national figure, a name that people knew. Because really, you know, if I, <laughs> I remember moving here and, and talking to people who would just sort of vaguely reference provenance um, and not really even be able to identify Gordon Sondland, unless you were someone who like read the news significantly. That right. was a name you didn't necessarily know. And then he, you know, became such a big player in in the impeachment inquiry. And suddenly I have readers emailing me, messaging, commenting, saying, what is his relationship to all of those hotel restaurants? Because Providence Hotels, they own hotels with really good restaurants. Right. Right. Um, So digging into that and figuring out how that works, it's sort of similar to a landlord situation, you know, um, there are some business contracts sort of surrounding like you have to provide food for the hotel, basically. Um, but I think a landlord role is sort of like the best uh, description of it, I guess. Um, but it was, God, it's it's like really hard to summarize because it's it's complicated. Those contracts are complicated. Right. And, and it's an evolving story. I remember first hearing about... Right. Uh, Gordon Sondland when mm-hmm. when Trump was elected because yeah. there was there were you know ooh, here's this guy in Portland who gave all this money right and then and then we heard was it Blumenauer yes that that the the boycott yeah who was talking about the boycott and then I saw you know some of my friends on Facebook were saying well you know you're impacting a lot of really nice people who work at these places right. Um, and there's a lot to think about and a lot to unpackage. Absolutely. And I remember the day, it was two, two three weeks ago, mm-hmm. two weeks ago, I guess, that, that Sondland was testifying. Mm-hmm. And the day before, everybody was protesting. And then the day after, there were, I thought everybody was cheering. Yeah. So that was really strange. But it, And then, you know, the Portland Monthly story broke that, you know, in terms of sexual misconduct. Yeah. And it's, you know, he's a complicated victor, character. It's a complicated story. And I think um, it's tough because, yeah, you have that same argument that you have when, you know, an actor in a movie is revealed to have some some bad stuff going on, um, you know, where you go, OK, well, what about the key grip? What about the best boy? What about like all these other people that are attached to that? And, you know, on the one hand. It's just I, I could argue with myself. I could sit here and argue with myself for hours because the other part of me goes, 
okay, but it's that's not the responsibility of consumers. It's the responsibility of the person who acted badly. It's that blood is on their hands, not right. you know. Um, and then you go, okay, but this is also somebody who's divested, who's no longer even really associated. He is a minority stake investor, so. And when a lot of these restaurant agreements were de- were entered into. Uh, he wasn't in the news. He wasn't even known as a Trump supporter when, right. you know, when a lot happened. And I don't necessarily want right. to mention specific do it restaurants. Forever. Yeah, exactly. But, but it, yeah. It, you know, it's the kind of thing I'm with you. I start <laughs> thinking about it and then I was like, I don't really feel like thinking about this. And <laughs> I actually am going to go to Headwaters tomorrow to meet a friend. Yeah. And that didn't come into my mind. You right. know, should I not go or should I go? Right. I'm thinking Vitaly and Garrett and mm-hmm. my friends there and, and the food. So making an ethical choice is exhausting. You know, I think it's it. you go. I, I noticed that I I. I will. I, I wrote about this recently, like on my Instagram, where I will sit and like I'm going to make myself cheese toast and I go, OK, but it's dairy and dairy. The dairy industry is is tough on animals and the environment, but it's organically sourced dairy. So that's, you know, a better. OK, but what about the bread? And I just sit here staring at my cheese toast going, is this. Okay, and then it's like at a certain point it's cheese toast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think as long as people are conscious about it and thinking about it and trying their best to be better than the day than they were the day before, I think it's it's good. But at a certain point, y- you have to feed yourself. Right, <laughs> yeah. and you don't want to. You know. So some people are are geared right. to make that more of a complicated decision. Mm-hmm. I know after I saw Food Incorporated a few yeah, years ago, right. I didn't eat chicken for a long time, right. and then that eventually. Creeps. Everything mm-hmm. I've ever done that's good for me, yeah, only lasts so long. Yeah. So um, at a certain point, I'm gonna sit in the closet with a blanket over my head and like <laughs> try my hardest not to do anything. It reminds me of um, one of my favorite things. I got. I keep trying to make this not a food podcast. I'm like, I really love the Good Place this year, but um, that show really does a good job of talking about just the complicated nature of of making choices in contemporary life. It's really complicated to figure out what what's good because I, you know, I think. Food does tie to everything. It ties to politics and it ties to ethics and it ties to technology and agriculture and all of that, you know, plays in. Um, That's why I like talking about it. It's why I I cover it. I think it's a complicated, interesting thing that keeps us alive. It's an art form that keeps us alive. And it's it's connected to everything simply because it it sustains life. It was easier to grow up in the 60s and 70s when really none of this. We were oblivious, you know, to (laughs) to all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even cigarettes, you Mm -hmm. know, we were oblivious. Well, we weren't completely oblivious, but everything was very different. So, um yeah, it's tough to make yeah. those choices on everything, but I tend to make them. Mm. So I'll do this. I'll make choices on service when service is really bad. Yeah. So then the rest of the restaurant, I mean, if I don't go one place, that's right. not a big deal. But yeah, if one yeah. server was bad, that affects the rest of the mm-hmm. restaurant because I'm not going back. Mm. So there's Gordon Sondland and then there's a a bad you know, 27-year-old or 32-year-old mm-hmm. who didn't know, you know, who walked up and said, hey, boss, mm-hmm. what do you want tonight to me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. okay, don't call me boss. I'm not your <laughs> boss. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, it, but that's the thing, right? Like, it, we are, we are so, as people, we're so impacted by those relationships, by, by the characters that we encounter, the, the things that we think about them, the th- ways they treat us and, and how we interpret it and the things we learn about them and, and what we think, how we translate our experiences with them after that information. You know, it, 
Now I'm talking about philosophy. Yeah. Food. Let's get to let's, food. Let's talk about. <laughs> let's go right yeah. to. The, let's go right to what you publish right. on Eater. So. Sure. Um, so, so that was a big story. Other big stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a sex, sex discrimination. All the cheery ones. There was a sex discrimination <laughs> against Eastland. Or, um, oh my gosh, my brain is melting. I want to say Eastland Distilling, but that's not right. It's uh, um, uh, Burnside Distilling. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it. Yeah. So there was that lawsuit. Now I'm gonna like be terrified that it's the wrong name, and then I'm gonna get sued. Um, but there was a sex discrimination. We, first of all, yeah, make it a yeah. make a disclaimer that it might be wrong, and secondly, we can always maybe fix it. Right. We'll just put my voice in over yours. Perfect, so. gorgeous, love that. Um, but yeah, so we had sex discrimination suits, and we had you know weird actors, and we had all sorts of weird, intense political stuff that impacted the food scene, um, and then we had some really, really sad closures. You know, uh, there was. Trifecta, um, it's not quite closed yet. Go while you can. Um, but, you know, the news of that closure was sad. Country Cat, which we've mentioned. Um, the Alder Street Food Carts, um, that was a really, really tough that's one. That's a lot. That was a big one. That yeah. Was, that, yeah, that's not one closure. That's the closure of just dozens, you know. Right. And do you know offhand how many of those have landed on their feet somewhere else? It's interesting. I was just talking about talking to a writer about a where are they now sort mm-hmm. of sort of story. Um, I know some have closed. Um, so, you know, I, I think about, um, there's one that is opening or has opened, um, a Vietnamese, their sort of, their cart has reopened as a restaurant in St. John's. Um, I think that place is called Bon that's, How many, there were a oh, lot of carts lot. there. There were a lot. And, you know, they, there has been this sort of slow plan to open, um, a sort of cart pod nearby, um, but it's, you know, opening a food cart pod is more involved than people think it is, especially with certain regulations. You know, you need to make sure that people have the power hookups they need and water access and, you know, um, can they actually park there for as long as they need to? And, you know, it's 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 and, and more gotta, complicated than I have a, ba- a parking lot. I'll just have people pull in. Right. And you got a little bit of a crime issue nowadays. Right. That you didn't have 10 years ago. Oh, my cars, gosh. So. That's another trend that we've covered this year is just so, so, so many cart break-ins. So many And restaurant break-ins, break-ins yeah. too. And yeah. and shop break-ins, right. you know, so. Yeah. Um, I think food carts have been hit particularly bad because there are a lot of them in one spot. So people know, okay, if there are tablets in there, I can go and I can break into five, six, or seven, get all the tablets and sell them. Um, that really sucks. Yeah. And also... It's a lot harder to secure a food cart than it is a building, right? Right. You're hope you're hoping a padlock works, and you're a little more vulnerable out there, right, on the street, even right. when you're open. Right. Exactly. So, are food <laughs> carts as big a deal as they used to be in Portland? Or are they losing their mojo? I don't think they're losing their mojo. I think you know the Alder Street food cart closure was. It felt so big for so many people because it was the cart pod they knew the best. It and was it was the, lunch. Yeah, it was lunch if you worked downtown. <laughs> right. And it was around forever. And a lot of really big people came out of it. Um, but there are, I can think of four other food cart pods that are opening within the next like six months. There are a ton that are coming. And, um, you know, they're they're getting bigger and fancier. They have tap rooms and they have, you know, like TVs and they have fire pits um, the opening of Har- uh, Hawthorne Asylum, that was a big food cart pod that opened, and it's it's ritzy. Um, 
Where is that Hawthorne and, and that's, what? Uh, actually, it's called Hawthorne Asylum. It's kind of between Hawthorne and um, Madison. Um, oh, really oh, yeah, close no. to Cartopia. Okay. Um, but so yeah, that barbecue car. Yes, there. Bark City is there. Bark City, right? Right. So you know, there's also a really great Egyptian cart in there that I really like. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. It's a cool one. Um, but yeah, there are more pods than people I think are are aware of. Um, the thing that's tough about pods. The thing that was nice about downtown pods, like I think we people associated food carts with downtown Portland because there were so many po- right. pods in downtown Portland. And it's also the most, um, uh, there's the most walking culture there. You know, people are there, they are walking around more than they are in other parts of Portland. And they're there during lunch where they need, they don't want to get in their car and drive. They want to just walk somewhere. Um and, you know, that has changed. It's been it's become less tenable for people to be there. So they move to these pods and other parts. And it's really hard to see them in the same way because well, it's not as ur- it, there's not as much urban density. Just with any other marketing. Right. Because seeing a po- cart or a mm-hmm. pod right. is marketing. I right. mean, you know, it's right out there. Yeah. And so I would I would venture to guess that it's easier to remember a place than you've been that you've been than to learn about the new ones right. that you may not have driven by or know right, about. So exactly. you got you have to learn about them to yeah. have them be relevant to one, yes. oneself. Exactly. So I do think that they they're they're still kicking. It's just it's it's a different narrative. You know what I mean? Like you could say the same thing about just Portland's restaurant scene that you know it's not what it used to be. It was you know remember 2011 or 2009? Like remember you know and now it's just so. And I'm like, you know, when I hear that, I go sure. Except that there are a ton of really powerful restaurant openings that have happened since then. And you've got a lot of people who've who've developed their talent right. and their own talent and talent of, for other people. You look at yeah. Eam, you look at Eam, and you know right. you go back to. 2009, you know, Earl was just opening Padi at the time, I think. Yeah, either Padi or yeah, like Misen, wasn't Misen? Oh, yeah, he, had that, he had that before, yeah. but Padi is when he started getting... That was getting, the first one. Well, that's also when Eater yeah. came around, right? And so... I think we were even earlier. I certainly wasn't. When around. did Eater... Uh-huh. This is a question I should be able to answer. I want to say it was right... So we're doing eater.com, the the main, main website. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, they're going to be celebra- celebrating a big, big, big anniversary soon. Um, and then we were one of the first sites. Um, I think our, our personal archives go back to like 2006. That far? It was, I, if I remember correctly, I might be wrong. Because oh, so Aaron, Aaron started in like 2010, I want to say. Yeah. So it's been at least a decade. Um, but it, I think it predates that. Because Byron Beck was writing for them. I, Mike Phelan wrote for Eater way, way, way back Did in the they? day. Yeah. yeah. Well, Byron's almost anything that's new and he's on. He's on it, yeah. So, but I tend to recall, for me, yeah. I think it was around 2010 or 11 that it mm-hmm. came around Right, because yeah. I started my thing in 2010, and right. Aaron was covering it. But that was the first I'd heard of it. It was Portland Food and Drink. It was Food Dude food for dude. me Still before around. Eater. Yeah. Right, he was he was it. And right. then there was Nick Zukin's his Por- thing. Portland. Yeah. F- uh, what was his called? I can't remember. Yeah, but there were yeah there there were bloggers, and there still are bloggers. Um, you know, uh, oof. I want to say Food Dude or Portland Food and Drink uh, broke the opening of. Um, Oh, I was really excited about it. The the Taiwanese bakery in the Washington Square Mall. Oh, yeah. That was recent. Yeah. But that, you know, 
he beat all of us, right. you know, like they're, well, they're still hanging on. I think I know why he beat it because he, he was really on it. He was <laughs> yeah. going there and he loves it. And yeah. probably anyway. So that's cool yeah. that he's still yeah. breaking news. Right. Um, that's good to hear. So what other news did you break that was um, <laughs> exciting this last year? It's so funny to try to sort of figure out that stuff. Um, it's such a game figuring out, okay, did Karen break it to Michael? Um, but yeah, other big stories of the year. I mean, Eam was huge, 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 right? Like everyone was so excited about the opening of that Thai barbecue. Um, I think we all, I mean, I went on New Year's Eve last year at that pop-up, the first time they really did it. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, this is going to be big. But even I didn't expect, like, they are still getting crazy lines, like five o'clock went, on like a I've been, Thursday. I went by there, so I don't live anywhere near there. Yeah. <clears throat> so there was one, I think, Monday night, and it was 9.30, and I thought, okay, now's the time I'm going to go to Eam. Fuck that. I couldn't even. I, <laughs> the I drove around the wall. Yeah, yeah, no, I was like, I, and I wanted to go with my son, and I was telling him all about it, mm-hmm. and we ended up uh, going to, I think, Gracie's. Yeah. So I want to ask Gracie's. you about that and for a second. But yeah, um, yeah Eam is. And I went to a um, a feast lunch mm-hmm. there. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was really good. I got to get back, but I'm not. Yeah. It's hard for me to uh, yeah. plan waiting online for a long <laughs> time outside in the winter. Lunch right is underrated. So people want to go for the curries, right? But they have a really nice lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, they make this salad um, that they toss with like, it's kind of like a half a sort of greens tamarind dressing salad, but they toss it with like sausage and um, rice. It's really, really good. Um, and like puffed rice. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and then they do like a congee sort of equivalent with shrimp. Um, that's really, really good. I think we had that. We yeah. had all those things at yeah. lunch. What else? Oh, so well, before we yeah, go sure. on, I wanted to ask you about this, and I may probably yeah. shouldn't even bother. Right. But I I think I made a comment to you when, I think it was Gracie's. Yes. And the first thing I thought of when I drove here, you know how, yeah. oh, maybe I'm mentioning the wrong place. Maybe I got it all wrong. Yeah. But it was, I think you mentioned, you called it New Haven style, and I saw potatoes on the pizza and i wrote you and said oh you it, was that was pizza donays you see, were right there i'm right i didn't even have the <laughs> yeah. right place so i criticized them for mm-hmm. the wrong thing so here's the thing about gracie's um so both both guys from pizza donays justin from New Haven. and yeah they're both new haven guys right um and you know it's one of those weird things where there are a lot of guys from new haven here um, that are not making New Haven style pizza. Um, and you know, if you were to, so if you were to talk to Justin, he would say he still pulls inspiration from New Haven in terms of toppings. Um, there is the, the potato bacon pizza that they have there is sort of similar to a Sally's pizza that had cream and rosemary and thinly, thinly, thinly sliced potato. Um, Sally's is, for those who don't know, Sally's is a pizzeria in New Haven. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and if you talk to Craig at Gracie's, he would not call his place, uh, New Haven yeah, pizzeria. Yeah, so I really yeah. screwed that up because I mixed up the two. I think I saw you write about the other one. And, yeah. Oh man, I owe him an apology and, uh, pretty much everybody. But I went on there and said, if you're going to, I went to investigate whether this is yeah. New Haven style and the crust is, you know, the knob is, yeah. there's. It's, there's no knob on a New Haven right. style pizza. And, you know, there is a different possibility that I wrote a piece. I've been covering that guy a lot. Um, right. 
where I've attributed something element of it to New Haven. I think um, I'm going to I own that I'm a human who's flawed. So there are times that, that you know, but I, I do think that his style is really it's kind of hard to nail down. It's a little more Neapolitan. It's but a little more Neapolitan. I'm going to say this. Yeah. That it's good. So it's whether good. it's New Haven or not, it was really, really good. Yeah. And we enjoyed it. I was just judging it based yeah. on this false narrative. Right. Why not? It's 2019. Yeah. Why not judge it based on something that yeah. it doesn't even exist? But I hope that he, mm-hmm. that at least I can make up for yeah. it by at least mentioning it on this mm-hmm. podcast and people hear it and go over to Grace's Gracie's. rules. Yeah. I love, I think uh, Craig's a really cool guy. He's really interested in um, responsible and not showy sourcing. So like he's not making a big deal about where he gets whatever, you know what I mean? But he is, he shops like the St. John's farmer's market for vegetables that he uses right. and he makes his own dough. I really like his dough. It's, um... It has that, it's not quite sourdoughy, but it does have that natural ferment, slow ferment mm-hmm. kind of quality to it. He uses really good grains. He makes his own cheese for his pizzas. It's it's really, I think he does a really nice job. It's, it's I think, pretty reasonably priced for what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's in, I love St. John's. My boyfriend used to live in St. John's. I was there all the time. Um, it's cool to see, it, they, St. John's has hit hard this year. Um, but there's some still, still some pe- cool people there doing really cool stuff, so... My Don't friend, my friend job. Jeff, have you been to um, Homegrown Smoker? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up with, with that guy. Oh, really? Believe it or not. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a great story that we once sort of told on the podcast. But I, yeah. I want to get him back on, and mm-hmm. getting him back on, he works like really hard. Yeah. Uh, is tough, but it's a fu- really fun story. But at yeah. any rate, Homegrown Smoker there, yeah. Gracie's. We don't get. I don't get to St. John's much at all. Right. So that was a, a real treat yeah. last week, and I'm sorry I made that mistake, but <laughs> it happens. Yeah, I. God, I. I think that's the the biggest thing about my job. I've learned is, you know, I make mistakes. I feel awful about those mistakes. And then you get to well, us. you can make them good though, pretty easily. You got to, <laughs> you know, you got to widen up. If you if you got the least amount of humility, and I know you do, yeah. <clears throat> you can simply go out there and say, "Hey, I made this mistake," and yeah. um, they they get two hits, two press hits yeah. on that. So I, yeah, I, I write a. We are very inclined to correct. We we write correction notes if we're wrong, you know. Um, I'm writing four stories a day. I'm going to acknowledge that sometimes... Isn't that down from where you were now that you're full-time? Are you doing less? No, no. I was doing two to three. I'm oh, I so, thought it was six. Four to six is now... So back in the Maddie days, Maddie, Maddie John, who had my job before I had it. And by the way, have you heard from him recently? I haven't. We we talk every once in a while. I think I reached out to him recently to get a phone number for somebody. But um, what's he, he doing now? I haven't. He's heard in from... he's in Maine, like homesteading. Is he doing trips? No, no, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. He's doing his own thing. Um, but he's no longer in the state. Um, but he he had to do four to six, and that's a lot. You know, yeah, especially because he wasn't considered full time. He was when he first started. Contract sort of changed, and he was part time, which is sort of like how I started. And he was expected to do four to six. It's really, really, really hard Part to time. write four to six stories in a day. We are pausing here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. Love the place. And whether you're in the dining room or the bar, always a seller experience. I have to say, um, we've been going there for a little while now. Yeah. I mean, of their 75 years, 
I know, you know, I think I first went there when we moved out here years ago and then for some special occasions and along the way, but lately been going quite a bit and uh, we had a new server. He wasn't new, but new to me. Right. Scott was a, was just provided such a wonderful thing and it calls into light, uh, brings into light how wonderful the service is at ringside, no matter who is your, who is taking care of you. It's always done with. Um, the utmost care mm-hmm. and pleasantness. I think so, I've had Scott a couple of times. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. That was the first He's time. It's great. It was great. And then, there, of course, there's Jimmy in the bar mm-hmm. and Andy in the bar and Jellica in the bar. Yeah. Uh, all these you, great You go people. to the bar a lot there, Chris. No, I don't, but I, w- I was there last night. That's why it's all coming to mind. Um, and so in the bar now, at hap- they have a happy hour for the first hour they're open, the Bar menu is half off, and one of the things, a couple of things come to mind, shrimp cocktail, half off, yep. and also their burger is fantastic. Yeah. The uh, the happy hour is technically, just for happy hour in general, is Monday through Saturday, 9.30 to close, then Sunday from 4 to 5, that first hour they're open, but then the bar menu is half price right the first hour they're open, and then during happy hour. And that's new. Yes. That's all that's, new. That's so. part of the whole... The whole part of the 75-year celebration, the redo of the whole place. And it's just, if you haven't been there in a while, go, because you're going to find something, A, that you remember fondly, and also something brand new. Right. And the, they have the most comfortable seats in the bar. You're not going to want to leave either. Right. So I think they do that on purpose. Yeah, I think there's probably some method to that yep. non-madness. It's great. So Ringside Steakhouse, and of course, this is holiday time. There's nothing better you can do for someone than get them a ringside gift card right. for the holidays. Yeah. And so what you should know is right now with the gift cards, if you purchase 300 in gift cards for ringside, there's a $50 bonus card in it for you. So you can use that for yourself. You can use the whole 350 for yourself. So just get a little added value. And also if you buy $500 in gift cards to uh, ringside, there's a $100 bonus card in it for you. And that... The bonus cards are valid for January and February 2020, so you got to get there soon, which is a great idea anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about all of the lobster mashed potatoes I could eat with, with that extra money. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot you can do with that. Oh, yeah. But, but even if you're not getting uh, gifts for people, which I think is a great idea, sure. but hedge your bet on going to ringside and get some extra value. 100 bucks for 50 That uh, What's the math there? 100 20%? Something like that. No. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Ringside Steakhouse is the website. That's where you can get the gift cards. You can also book your next reservation there right on the website. Right. Perfect. And if this went a little long, (laughs) Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Ringside. You've been very good to us. Thank you you very much. Mm So what changed for you to go from part-time to full-time other than perhaps benefits? Yeah, so I got benefits. I have unlimited paid vacation, which... Unlimited? Unlimited paid vacation. What do you mean by that? I don't know. (laughs) So I you theoretically, can, can you take a year off? I theoretically can take a year off, but I don't think I ever would. I think I'm. I think the way it must work is because people don't actually take as much time. But you know, like I, I know people who took, you know, four to six weeks um, at the national site, and I am learning probably not to take the time the that job. I need. Yeah, I'm learning to take the time that I need. Um, well, as far that's as good. yeah, but you know, I mean. What does it mean as far as workload when you're not on vacation? So, yeah, I'm, I'm writing four to six stories um, a day, um, full time. Um, so, yeah, my hours jumped up. Um, I got 
a raise. Um, but we're really trying to grow the site, do more maps, do more service content as opposed to just news breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I'm me. So I want to have us doing stories about the way food intersects with other elements of life in Portland. Um, so, you know, we're we're doing a little bit. We're we're rounding out our coverage. We're not just, you know, the opening and closing machine. We're not just the map machine. We're we're trying to develop a more thorough um sort of span of coverage how much freedom do you have to make it your my own site your own site you know in terms of the so you know one thing i noticed and i could be wrong because i've never i'm always wrong but the uh clickbait got to be a little the the uh a little bit more prominent like you don't mention things in headlines anymore it's this restaurant Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I have to click on it to find out what it is, which kind of annoys me. <laughs> I will listen. I will fully take that. I I don't want our headlights to be considered clickbait. That's not what we're trying to do. It's really more than anything trying to fit enough. You know, we we have limits on how many words we can fit in a headline. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to mash everything into a, a tight enough headline that you know everything's in there. A lot of times, if a name doesn't mean anything to anybody, you know what I mean? There's not as much of a, a need to reference it, right? Because right. if it's like, X restaurant is doing this, it's sort of like, okay, well, I don't know what that is because it's a new restaurant. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So theoretically, you know, I, I we're really not trying to do like this restaurant is X in a way that's like, oh, who's it going to be? You know, but um, we, I do think that I'm, I'm constantly trying to think about the right way to write a headline. So you know, people get the information that they want. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be courteous to my readers. Right. You know what I it's, mean? And you have to do your job, too. That right. was one That was one thing I did for years, right? right. Billboards, like yeah. highway billboards. And that was seven words or less. So you have to, there's a lot you have to take out and yeah. still communicate. Right. And, uh, and in, in both of our cases, you know, I got paid to do this, so you can't just take the lazy way. I, you yeah. know, this has to be effective. Right. So, uh, so, yeah, but I, I, I can understand that. But there have been a few times. I noticed that change like a couple of years ago or year oh, ago. Oh, really? That's, huh. I'm just telling you. Yeah. No, I'm so. So first off, I, I really do want it to be clear that I don't I, I think a critique is not a condemnation. I think I'm open to critiques. Um, if I think they're fair, I, I will take them um, They're yeah, and I, I hope that the same is true for for the people that I cover. You know what I mean? But I so I, I totally I, I want to keep in mind that if, if people feel like our headlines are clickbaity, I don't want our headlines to be clickbaity. You know what I mean? Well, so. I'm generally, I want to read it anyway. <laughs> I want to read the story. It's yeah. just the it's the control factor. Like I don't want to be. I don't want to feel like I was I was um, goaded into clicking. Goaded something. into clicking it. I just want to read it because I want to read it. So yeah. it's that control thing, it, and that goes to tipping too. People feel like they have control. They mm-hmm. really don't. Yeah. It's after the fact. All right, so we don't have the rest of the year mm-hmm. to talk. Yeah, but um, I wanted to get from you. Um, so some of so you mentioned Eam. Yep. A um, couple of other things. Big that openings were, this year. Yeah, yeah. Per, particularly. Um, we're gonna do rapid fire rounds. So good. Yeah, I think um, Gracie's. I was really excited about Eam and Gracie's. Um, Gato Gato was a really fun one for me. And they're they're Boston folks that that came over too. So it was kind of fun. I I ate at their restaurants over there um, before they moved over here. Um, but I, I really loved the growth of Indonesian restaurants, that and Wajan, um, the smaller 
more Jakarta sort of based cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Indonesian food. I, I was briefly there and learned to cook a few things while I was there. And um, it was really fun to see that develop. I covered, you know, it, it was just I love having that accessible now. Um, I love that Magna's open. Um, I really do think that their uh, adobo is one of my favorite little things that I've eaten this year. Um, and it's such a simple dish. That's kind of why I like it. Um, it's a simple restaurant, too. Yeah. That's... He's, he really kind of went, you know, I'm going to just throw a few tables in a space on Clinton. I'm not looking to be big and fancy. But, you know, I, I like that about him. It feels true to him um, and sort of what he's trying to do. It's, you know, um, he's pulling from some of his experiences, but it's still supposed to feel like a, you know, Filipino restaurant, a, a friendly family sort of, you know. Well, it is. And he's friendly. Yeah. Um, I really like him. So yeah. uh, let's see. I I really liked Fermenter. I had a really nice lunch at Fermenter. They've switched things up, but um, I still think that they did a, a really nice job with it. It feels like Aaron Adams is having more fun there, which is nice. Um, I really like May and Yonder. I think May I May made my finalists of the year for Restaurant of the Year. Um, I think people should go if they haven't been, because um, I think she's at her best work now in that sort of setting not the yonder setting i think yonder is good but may is exceptional i always thought that was exceptional anyway i haven't been to the new one but that was my that was the thing that blew me away the most my first may experience when i went and in a long period of time right but you know i think there's something about her having her own kitchen and being able to do more in that own her own space that makes the ser- the service is great at May. It, it it feels it feels like that restaurant has leveled up now that it's in its permanent home. You know? Right. Well, she also puts her heart into it yes. and had time. This is my thing. Yeah. I have to do this. Yeah. I'll, you know, the, May when it started as a pop up just kind of started, and I'm right. sure she put her heart and soul in that and lots yeah. of thought. But when you you got a lot riding on space, right? It's a whole different thing. Absolutely. Um, so that was definitely one of the, in terms of the finer things, like the finer dining ish sort of things. Um, I really love that. And Arizo, uh, still love Arizo. I think that, you know, um, just again, it's a restaurant that has an interesting political message, just the work that he does to make sure that everything is not just that, that adding a, a bigger, stronger definition to the word sustainable and what that means, mm-hmm. you know, um, cat, you know, and there's something so magical about getting a platter, this gorgeous platter of Rossi food, knowing that he, put on waiters and picked it himself off of a friggin' rock, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, it's not like right around the corner. You got to go a long way to yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Eater National loved Arizo. Um, he was a young gun. Jacob Hearth was a young gun this right. year. And it was one of the top new restaurants. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. I think that is, all. oh, Jinju Patisserie. I loved Jinju Patisserie for dessert. My dessert of the year. <laughs> I think that that is such a little lovely cafe. And it, considering it's been open for less than a year and, you know, it it's sort of a, a new on the spot thing. Where is it? Um, it's on Williams. It's on kind of a quiet stretch of Williams. But mm-hmm. you're getting really incredible desserts out of that little cafe. And um, it's another, they, Las Vegas, Las Vegas expats were big in Portland this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but they... She does such a good job, um, just the caliber of croissants and, you know, bonbons, chocolate bonbons and these little like kind of vertical mousse numbers. She, you know, it's I really love that spot. I, it's a fun one. OK, that wasn't on my radar. Now it has to be, although I'm trying to stay away from those types of things. <laughs> yeah. more than I. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And what about the closing of, so this is a segue, I guess, yeah, right? Do you go. want to segue into I'll 2020? Segue. Yeah. Closing of People's Pig, opening of Flying Fish. Yeah. So that one surprised me. Yeah, for me too. It was such a tough closing to cover because I was hearing people say like, I'm having trouble getting into that restaurant. And I never really got heard from the, I've tried reaching out to People's Pig folks a couple times and it was just sort of kind of quietly closed. I'm, I'm excited to see Flying Fish in that space, though, because, you know, it's kind of a, an awkward experience to try to get in there. And, and I think this will this will having a good fish market, you know, I think is. So crucial. Um, and, you know, he kind of uh, staged at Departure with Gregory. Yeah, yeah. So Leaf did that. So I'm excited. We're yeah. planning. I think we are. It's been a weird time. We're planning a Portland Food Adventures uh, dinner there for oh, cool. late for March. It was yeah. going to be February, but he had too much of a conflict with Chuck. Sure. So now we're going to do it in March, and I don't know the date offhand, but anybody's one. welcome to do it. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. And in the same breath, the closing of Olympia Oyster Bar. So we That's got one opening, one. one closing. But I, you know, we just had her on the podcast, yeah. Marlene, and. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's going to be exciting in 2020, whatever she's going to find and where she's going to go. Yeah. I think we're going to find her at the coast. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that you're in luck in that case, but it'd be Well, yeah, but to... I need, you need luck at the coast. There's yeah. not so much to, yeah. but I don't, I but don't know that's the case. I yeah. just know her heart is there and yeah, I'm, I'm, excited I'm hoping for it. That's all. And yeah. I just went to her pop-up at uh, Fort George Brewery, mm -hmm. which yeah. was really great. She fun. really, her pop-ups are some of the, it, it feels like her at her strongest when she's popping up, I think. Um, oh my God, the yeah. never, where right. should be the summer, yeah. was uh, really spectacular. Right. I could I went there a lot when yeah. she did it two years ago. Yeah. All right, what else? 2020. Uh, things I'm looking forward to? Yeah. Pecone's Corner is something I'm really looking forward to. Uh, you know, What's old is new again, and I'm excited to see another really good, like, farm direct kind of market that's also a restaurant. So, you know, seeing, I think that, like, I think of Carl Hall at um, Park Avenue Fine Wines and how he does his own lardo with the pigs from the farm, you know, the family farm. I think it'll have a similar vibe where it's like, these are pigs that are raised in Sandy. The guy who owns the farm is like owns this restaurant. They're selling their pigs mm -hmm. and they're going to do stuff with them. And I love I love seeing that in an Italian setting. I love Italian restaurants like a really good pasta place. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, I don't know if this is how it's supposed to be pronounced, but it, Michael Russell texted me when this came out this name. So now it's how I pronounce it. But Chick Corea, <laughs> like the, the, the pizza place from uh, Joshua McFadden, um, which you know, might be pronounced Chikoria, but uh, Chikoria is... Is it a takeoff on the musician? It's not a takeoff on the mus musician, but when it came out, Michael Russell texted me the musician, Chikoria, with right. like a smiley face, okay. and I'm like, okay. I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be pronounced, but that's how, how, what I call it now. Well, um, what, what, we'll, you will be happy to get a correction, and we'll be happy to get one, too, <laughs> if, if one is in order. Yeah, but um, it, yeah, I'm excited to try that. I think, I think Joshua McFadden's really talented mm -hmm. and I'm excited to have something that feels really casual from him. Um, and his know. brunch over at Ava Jean's Ooh, is it's killer. Good. Yeah, too. it's really, really, really good. Um, so I'm definitely excited about that. Um, and this Gregory Gourdet restaurant is going to there be There you go, bonkers. that's the big one. That is the big one. I think um, more than anything, I'm, I'm probably excited for that. That's my number one right now, just because 
I think people give departure more shit than it deserves. I think it's it's a really great restaurant. The food is exceptional. It's a complicated restaurant. Yeah. Well, people go, oh, I'm in this fancy hotel. I'm. It feels so L.A. in That's here. When, uh, you know, but the food is so good. And Gregory Gourdet is truly one of the sweetest people. So he, he is, and it's yeah. one of those places that you go, and there are a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, I have some that I haven't been to in a long time, but it's one of those places that you go and go, why aren't I here more often? This is so good. Another place with really good service. Yes. I think, um, yeah, you know, I under, I think being able to see Gregory Gourdet in a space where people can get to know him and like have a more intimate relationship with him, that will be really impactful. I think that people will be more inclined to actually um, get to know him and we're going to be able to see a little bit more of his Haitian influence in in dishes there. I think, you know, he's such a global chef. He pulls from a lot of different places, but mm-hmm. I, I do. This is his heart. Yeah, yeah it's I'm like really May. excited. This yeah. is like his restaurant is to Gregory as right. May is is to um, yeah. Maya. So, um, so that one's going to be a big one for me. Um, you know, the crazy thing about Gregory, yeah. years ago, when he first moved over from Saucebox to Departure, mm-hmm. and I was starting my Portland food adventures right. thing, I wanted to do an event over there, and they yeah. said, "Yeah, he'd be oh, he would be open to it." So yeah. went over to meet with him, and almost the entire meeting, he didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I was talking to the the woman right. who was running, and I thought, I don't know how this is going to go. He's mm-hmm. so shy; he yeah. doesn't say anything. And for that to be the experience and now see how he's blossomed on television Mm -hmm. and he's very comfortable everywhere, but he's got this, he's, Gregory has this air about him that is very humble Mm -hmm. and very sweet. But on the other hand, he's, he is out there too. He's, he's not, he's not what I thought he was going to be when I first met him. And such a, such a, such talent. I think, um, yeah, just Oh, I, that too. Uh, yeah. I'm excited that you're going there for dinner. I, I love that duck that he does. Um, it's, and the whole fish. And so the whole fish. If, yeah. you have a, if you go there for the Peking duck in yeah. December and you get the whole fish, it's a, it's a toss-up yeah. on which one is more Ugh, ex- exciting. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, so I, I think that that'll be lo- – I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, Jose Chesa's um, hotel restaurant, mm-hmm. I think. That has a name. It does, and I cannot remember it. Oh, but man, I just whatever saw Whatever the once. name of it is, it's going to be really exciting. Um, it's named after a style of house um, or like a building. Ugh. Anyway, of course, of course. Yeah, I feel terrible <laughs> that neither of us is coming yeah. up with it. And, I was then hoping here, you would. and then here we place the name once we finally look it up. But um, yeah, that Jose. Well, you have to search. Right. Search Eater. It's there, yeah, right? Yeah, it is, in fact, on Eater. Right. Go, go to Eater.com where I am smarter than I am here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, it's like anything else. Yeah. You, have a, you have the backspace key. Right. And time. You and don't have time. a backspace key here. And, and off the opportunity to knock my head against a wall. Right. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Jose, I mean, I love Atala. My meals at Atala are some of my favorites. And um, I'm excited to, he he had to really downsize. Um, and Chase it closed and Churro Place, you know, they were going to move it, but they couldn't find a place. Um, so actually seeing another real place again you know people don't like hotel restaurants but a hotel restaurant is a a lovely cradle if you're a talented <laughs> chef well, yeah it's a um, little more security yeah i, I don't know the ins and outs mm-hmm. of the deal that right he made. sure but jose is you know one of my favorite people mm-hmm. we've had the opportunity to travel mm-hmm. together um have you seen his 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 tv show his youtube 
TV show. What? No. Yeah, well, he does. He does comedia and cars. So uh, he's got episodes with Carlo <gasps> La Magna. He's got episodes with Gregory, which is just insane because Gregory doesn't drive. This so he's is, do, he's doing kind of a Jerry Seinfeld. This is the wildest thing, thing I've ever heard. I cannot believe I didn't know about this. I'm I'm looking it up as soon as we really. Leave. Yeah. So it's fun. Jose is a car guy. Yeah. Whether you know it or not, this is what he spends his spare time doing: sure. is reading car magazines, and he knows everything. I take him uh, to the auto show every year. Right. And he's like a kid in yeah. a candy store I with bet. his BMWs. Yeah. I hope he gets a BMW endorsement. Crossing, so that they figures. will, they that he can drive a car for free and just enjoy it. Yeah. So maybe there's someone. He deserves from... to be a celebrity chef. He has the personality for it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's he's got the talent for it. He, right. if you were putting together an all star team from mm-hmm. Portland, if you had Jose on that team, you're, you you know it. you're good. Yeah. Jose, well, we got a lot. I'm not yeah. going to start. Right. But... And I want to get my last one in. My last yeah. 2020 look, uh, Bar King. I'm really excited about Bar King. So this is this is Jamie and Sean King's restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taking over the trifecta space. Oh, right. Um, I did hear about that. Yes. So I think people, again, it's like that bristling to the idea of like ritzy Las Vegas hotshots opening a restaurant in Portland. I think there is a hesitance, a, like a, a, you know, a, a knee jerk. Um, against that, but those are two really, really, really talented people. Is this retaliation um, for for Lardo and Pot Talk and everybody going down to Las Vegas? Now we get all this Las up- Vegas attack <laughs> here. Who knows? Well, I think it has a lot to do with Kurt Huffman. Kurt Huffman is, I mean, Jinju shouldn't then have it much does. to do with him. But then it, then it does have something to yeah, do with but that. But basically, you know, he, this guy, uh, they're a couple, Jamie and Sean. Um, they've worked in rest, like really high quality restaurants in Boston and San Francisco. And she's a bartender, so she's worked in bars. Um, he was at Momofuku, Las Vegas. She worked with um, uh, Michael Simon's restaurants in Las Vegas. Those are two like celebrity, like David Chang and Michael Simon are celebrity Man, chefs. Big ones. Yeah, and um, they just wanted to live somewhere like cool, cool. Yeah. So, which is why. A lot of our, yeah. why we have a food yeah, scene, right? right? They wanted to be somewhere where they could like walk dogs and take hikes and have kids and stuff. You so, can do that in Portland, in uh, Oregon? Allegedly. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, I, I got to look that stuff up. You're going to have a ton of talent. The restaurant, I think, actually, you know, you're going to get like incredible Wagyu beef, you know, carpaccio-y, like sashimi stuff. Like you're going to get like real fancy stuff. But you're also going to get like chicken wings and like beer and, you know, really casual stuff, too. I think that's going to be a really, um, in terms of, like, price point and just experience, like, scalable kind of uh, place. And it's going to be in that really beautiful room. So I'm personally really excited about that. I'll be really interesting, interested to see what they do because I've had some really cool bites at uh, McKellar as they've been running the kitchen over the last few months. So excited about that. Um, hungry. Really hungry now, you know. <laughs> Genuinely. Oh, I thought there was a na- there was <laughs> a, a restaurant, restaurant called Hungry. Re- no, I'm opening a restaurant called Hungry, and it'll just be my favorite comfort. So place. I may I sh- should probably know this. Whatever happened to your the when we spoke last year at this time, or it might have been two years yeah. ago, uh, to your Chinese place that came up from uh, the Salem area that you were so excited about. It's. It, I think it's. It's so gentle. I'm trying to be really gentle about this. I think they're in a really, really big room. and What's it called? Happy Dragon. Okay. So it is open. Um, it's, I think you're on that stretch of 82nd, and you're not getting the traffic that you need to to go through food the way you need to. I, 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 
hope that I can go back and it's going to be better. But I've had I've had a couple. It, it's not quite what it used to be. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, I I do think that. It's it's sad because like it used to be my favorite thing to do in Salem to drive out to Independence and go to that place. Yeah, well, the, it, it may come around, may not. The things things aren't always the way you remember them. So, right. the big question is: So you went to Peru this year. You have vacation time, yes. and so a little more disposable income. We're going to imagine because you got a raise a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So, where are you planning on traveling in two thousand twenty? Oh, man, this is such a question. Um, part of it is that Ben and I are like, okay, maybe it's boring. Maybe we visit our family, his family's in Sarasota, Florida. Maybe we go to Boston. I haven't been to Boston in a while. Well, that would be, be fun to, to take him to Boston. He's because never been. That's um, always fun. I just took my girlfriend to yeah. New York and Connecticut. Right, that was fun right? to show exactly. them your stuff. Yeah, so we might do that. Um, but my parents floated the idea of all four of us going to Mexico City this year. Mm. And I would love that. Yeah, that <laughs> I really want to go. See, your parents are very cool. My, that's pa- a, that's my parents a good are objectively float. cool. That's yes. a very good float. And they they were, they were beat us to Peru. They went to Peru first. So, yeah, my parents traveled a bunch. My whole parents are That's a whole other story. But so we might do that. We might do Mexico City. Um, I traveled a lot through Latin America as a kid. So I haven't been back to Mexico in probably like 10 years. So I'd, I'd really like to do that. Um, and we, if, we need to get you on one of my trips. Yeah, right? that'd be a, a fun one. A dual thing. So yeah, I'd love that. Want to come to Sicily next year? Oh my God, don't tease me. I, I really genuinely, Ben and I, the other thing we were thinking through either, either this year or next is uh, Spain and Morocco mm. because we, and originally we talked to Italy because my mom and I were going to do a pasta school there. But um, we can tell you where to go. Oh, yeah. There you go. Sicily, really, though, is pretty tempting. I would love to go there. Western Sicily. My friend grew up there. Yeah, we can figure that out in October. Ooh. This October. Okay. I have two weddings I'm going to be in. (laughs) So do you recall your, and sometimes it's hard to remember, your favorite meal from this year? Uh, Well, in Portland or anywhere? Anywhere. I went to Central in Lima which mm-hmm. is, I mean, you can watch the chef's table about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 16 courses for each for a different altitude in Peru. There are a lot of different altitudes in Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, you're eating, you know, I had like piranha fritters and barnacles and um, all a bajillion different tubers. Um, but it was truly the best meal of my life. Um, oh wow, that's good. Cool yeah, I mean, I um, couldn't even identify that. It, it was so exceptional. It was it was a level of artistry I've just never encountered. Um, and again, insanely good service. The kind of thing where like I just I I ponder the premise of standing up and someone's behind me to pull my seat, but then is also like talking to me about the Blazers and like has you know and think about that you're in lima peru why why do they even know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like there is just you know people are servers are speaking in every possible language because there are people who've come from all over the world to go to this place uh highly 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 recommended if you have the opportunity peru is almost with jose luis de casio yeah you know where he is now i think he's a server at farm spirit Oh, he yeah. was. No, I don't think he's doing Not that anymore. I, I could be wrong, but I know he's, he's surfing. He's all over the place. We know he's, uh, you, I think you meant a surfer at Farm Spirit. Maybe that's what you meant. Maybe. Because that's that's what he does. Anyway, um, fantastic. Yeah. I am so glad you came by. I'm sure there's a lot we didn't yeah. cover, but this, this was fun. This was a yeah. full hour. 
Yeah. And we were kind of planning on a little less. So yeah. uh, when we you got a lot over, of my weird philosophical thoughts. We, our, I love that. Talk to Larry Sanders. So I love it. <laughs> this this podcast, honestly. So when we do talk about the Portland food scene, yeah. it's kind of out of theme a little <laughs> bit because the whole thing is really about people. Yeah. To get to know, you know, now people yeah. will know you a little better. They're, 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 they'll know you in a way they can't know you by reading what you do. Right. Yeah. Uh, and same thing with the podcast itself. Mm-hmm. We like to have people who, the makers in here, yeah, absolutely. but to, you can go in and have their food. We don't need to talk about that, but yeah. we want you to know all the characters we that are. we have. Yeah. So you're, I think, court number 220, somewhere in 225, 226. Sounds about right. Over six years. So we start, you're finishing our six year I think, or starting wow. it. I, I don't know. I forget where it's going, where this podcast is going, but it's either mm-hmm. the first, It's. I think it's the last one of 2019. Six, Say goodbye to the decade. Yeah. yeah. Is it really, though? Because the real decade starts in 2021. You know, you make right? a really good point. It's a math thing. It's so the year thing. zero to one, Yeah. you got to get to 10. And so... So that's interesting. Uh, that it's was like a, if you that go to an, Europe, they like all the apartments start on level zero. Right, exactly. Yeah, who knows? And we had this issue a little bit when the millennium changed yeah. from 1999 to 2000, and some people say the real decade starts in 2001. So you you complete you complete Either. 2000 years at the end of two, the year 2000. So arguably, arguably, I'm saying goodbye to the decade or saying hello to the last year of the decade. Right. One of those. Yeah, or just saying 2020. Wait, or the last year of the, oh, this, is the, this is the year of 2020. Say goodbye sight. to of, 2019. Uh, the year of clear sight, 2020. Yeah. yeah. And thank you so much for coming in. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I know you're busy. You had to fit this in, yeah, and we kept no, you longer than we, we, we wanted. And by the way, yes. thank you so much for doing the... Um, the Women's Month. Oh, that was so fun with um, Maya. With Maya, that was great. Yeah. And we're going to do something with Joy, we think. We have to hear, we have to get her podcast. But she was great, too. Did you listen to Joy yeah. Churches? Yep. Um, so thank you. And she we probably yeah. will do that again this year. Would you grace us with your happy presence to. in this seat? So oh, boot always. Me out, Any boot day. me out of here. People will be very happy about that. Perfect. That sounds great. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Bye. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com.